Yuma, Perikei, Mishnah Aleph, 5-1, and now we return again to where we left off in the middle of the fourth parak, talking about the process of doing the special incense offering in the Kodesh Kedoshim. So, the Mishnah here says, Hotziulo esakaf, they brought out for him, meaning the Kohanim brought out for the Kohen Gadol, this big golden ladle, it was a special empty overgrown spoon, if you will, um, from the Lishka Sakelem, when they kept the utensils. Ve'esamachata, and also a shovel. Now this shovel is not the machata, the fire shovel we had and left on the fourth row of Aravias, the fourth row um, with those coals smoldering inside of it. No, it's a different machata, and this machata, this shovel, is filled with incense powder, the katoris. Okay? Now, from that machata, the shovel filled with the katoris powder, v'chafan malochafnav, he would fill his hands with um, the powder. Melochafnav is if a person cups his two hands together so that they you know, have maximum capacity. That's like a double handful, I'll call it. That melochafnav, double handful of powder is what he takes from the machata, the shovel. Venasan lasoch hakaf. And he puts that double handful into the golden ladle. Now, since obviously everyone's hands are different sizes, if it were a large Kohen and he had large hands, then the double cup quantity would be larger. And if it were a small Kohen and he had small hands, then it would be a smaller amount. And that is the shear. That is the amount that we're required to put in the Kodesh Kedoshim, whatever the Kohen Gadol's double handful Malachofnov holds. Now, now he takes the machata, the fire shovel. This is confusing because we're now lapsing back and talking once again now about that fire shovel that's sitting on that fourth row filled with coals. So maybe worth taking a pencil and making a note that the word hamachata refers to two different things in this Mishnah. Okay, but those are, now we're talking about he's taking the, the shovel full of those coals. This, remember we had these already three kav, a lot of coals, like whatever it is. Six liters of coals, let's say. Biyamino, he's holding that fire shovel in his right hand. The S hakaf and the ladle, the golden ladle filled with the malachofnov of incense powder, bismolo in his left hand. Now, if I asked you to guess which hand he should use to hold the incense, you probably would guess the right hand because the right hand is where all the avoda must be done from. And in fact, if one does avoda with the left hand, it's it's not valid. And of course, the primary thing here is the incense not the coals, and therefore it seems like it should be held in the right hand, which makes sense and is true in theory. But in practice, the rabbi said not through that way because the fire coals that are inside the, the fire shovel are large and heavy and hot and dangerous. And therefore, we don't want anything to mishap to happen. And therefore, we have the Kohen Gadol specifically hold with his stronger right hand. Of course, every Kohen is a righty. His stronger right hand, this large, heavy, and fairly dangerous coals, and then the left hand will hold the incense powder. Now he goes into the sanctuary building, this is a reference to the Kodesh. He walks in all the way to, I'll call it to the, the front, maybe call it the back, the far western side of the Kodesh, where he reaches um, the Parochas. The Parochas is actually, there are two prochos, there are two curtains which divide between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kedoshim. Now, in the original first temple, there was not 
two curtains. There was a single wall called the Amatroxin. And then Amatroxin divided, that wall divided the Kodesh from the Kodesh Kodashim. It was an Amma wide. That's what, it's called the Amatroxin because it's an Amma wide. Now, in Bayes Sheni, the second temple, instead of an Amatroxin wall, we had two curtains and the walkway between them was an Amma wide. Now, the reason for this is because we weren't, the Chazal weren't exactly sure of the status of the Amatroxin. Is that status of the Amatroxin the, the, is that Kodesh? Or is it, is it excuse me, is it from the Kodesh Kadashim sanctity or is it the, just the Kodesh sanctity? Since they didn't know, and there's a requirement to make a divider between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kadashim, and the Tosis explains it has to be that the divider is in the Kodesh Kadashim portion. And where it ends, that's exactly where the Kodesh begins. Since there was a suffix, where to put the curtains, because they don't know exactly where the line is, therefore they put two curtains, um, one at essentially the, I'll call it the, the western edge of the Amatroxin, and one on the eastern edge of where the Amatroxin would go, so that way they know that there's one of those two curtains are in the right place. Now, so the Kohen Godel walks up to the curtain, the out, I'll call it the outer curtain, this is going all the way like to the center of the western wall of the Kodesh, and then he will Sorry, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Lo Hayasham Ela Parochas Achas Belvad. Excuse me before I go on. Rabbi Yossi said, No, there weren't two curtains. There was only a single curtain. Shenem Mar Zapazik says, Vehivdila ha Parochas Lachem, Vena Kodesh, Vena Kodesh Kadashim. The Parochas, the curtain divider, will be there to divide between the Kodesh and Kodesh Kadashim. No mention of two curtains, and therefore one is sufficient, says Rabbi Yossi. But there were two Lahalacha. Hachitsona. Haisa Prufa Minhadarom, the outer one, the further east one, the one that the Kohen Gadol would approach first, was um, like uh, pinned back on the southern side. That's like the I'll call it the left side if he was facing forward. On his on his left, the southern side, that's also where the near to where the menorah is. So it was peeled back over there, so that's where he would enter in from. And the inner curtain, meaning the one that's further west, on the other side of like the other side of the second curtain. So it was pinned back on the northern edge, meaning the side where the, the kind of near where the shulchan is, if you will, on the other side of the curtain. Now, so that the kohen gadol, well, when he goes in, he'll kind of go. You'll see in a second, like an S shape. He'll walk through that little quarter that's made between the two parochos curtains and and get to the kodesh kedoshim, but while anybody is standing in the Kodesh, they will not be able to see inside the Kodesh Kodashim because it's totally blocked off by curtains. Just, you know, there's an, one the entrance on the left southern side and the exit is on the right northern side, so you can't see. So that's what he does. Mahalach Benehen, the Kongod will actually walk between the two curtains, Achim Megilat until he gets to the northern edge, and then he Gilat when he reaches the northern edge, Hofech Panav Ladarom, he turns... Southward, meaning he kind of makes a U-turn. He turns left twice, if you will. And Mahalach Lesmolo, he walks to that left way along the edge, im haparochas, along the edge close to the parochas, anshu magila aron, until he reaches the aron. Now, the aron, of course, is in the back, like further west side. Um, so we're talking here about reaching the two staves, the two badim, the two poles that came out from the aron all the way to the parochas. He'd walk all the way to there. I mean, like, I'll call it the middle of the curtain, is really what it kind of means. Now, in fact, 
during Baisheni, the second temple period, they had already concealed away the Aron. They didn't have a back, so there was actually no Aron um, in the in the Kodesh Kedoshim and Baisheni. And this Mishnah certainly is talking about Baisheni. First of all, it's a Mishnah, um, which is in the time of Baisheni, basically, or nearer. And second of all, I told you that we didn't have two curtains in Bais Rishon. We had the Amatroxen. So we're talking about the setup in the Bais Shani time. So this is sort of like talking about an idealized, in theory, where it would be. He'd walk to where the Aron is, meaning where the two staves are. In the next mission, we'll discuss what we do in practice without the Aron and its staves. Nosen esa machata bein shnei He then puts down the fire pan on the floor, oriented between where those two staves would be. And then um, he's in a the Mishnah doesn't say it, but he's going to gather very carefully, in a very difficult manner, really. He's going to get all of the incense, every last drop of the incense powder, out of this golden label, ladle, the kaf, and back into his malachavtav, into his double cupped hands. And from there, tzavar esa katoras al gabi gachalim, he will um, pile on the incense atop of the coals that are inside the machata, and that the smoke rises, begins to burn. The Gemara actually says there's a machlokus um, if one is supposed to make like a single like mound of incense on top of the coals, or if you're supposed to sprinkle it all over the coals. Uh, the difference being, if you sprinkle it over the coals, it will burn and fill up with smoke much faster. Um, and, but you see from the mission here, it's saying to not do that. Rather, it says tavar, to make a mound, like a pile, in a single pile, which will take a little longer to burn and fill up with smoke. But anyways, that's what he does. V'nizmala kolabayas kula ashan. Now he waits until the whole of the Kaddish Kaddashim is full of smoke. And that's a requirement. Since the requirement is to ensure that the the Kaddish Kaddashim does fill with smoke, he lingers, the Kohen Gadol lingers in the Kaddish Kaddashim until he sees his mitzvah has been fulfilled and the Kaddish Kaddashim is indeed full of smoke. At that point, Yatza, he exits the Kaddish Kaddashim. Ovolo baderach beis knisaso. He goes back the same way he came in, you know, again, against the curtain, turning... Now right, then going south through the between the two curtains, come at the other side. And then once he gets um, out there, meaning back to the Kodesh, then he will recite a very short prayer when he's in the, I'll call it the, the outer chamber. This is a reference to the Kodesh. It's outer relative to the Kodesh Kodashim. And he should not protract his prayer. So that the Jews who are outside shouldn't get nervous. Uh, they shouldn't be scared, because frequently the Kongadol died while doing the Avoda, and if he delays coming out, they'll be concerned that perhaps he died again. God forbid. Therefore, he says a short prayer. What is his short prayer? So, I'll read it to you. It's in Aramaic, and then I'll try to, I'll, I'll explain it to you according to the Rabbah. There are really four elements to the prayer. This is what he says. May be your will, God. Sheim shana zu shechuna. If this year is going to be a hot, dry year, to hey geshuma, no, let it please be um, wet and cooler. So that that's number one. But number two, velo yaadei aved shultan midaves Yehuda. Let not the uh, power and authority over Israel leave from Beis Yehuda, the tribe of Judah. And then, Your nation Israel shouldn't need to support one another. And finally, And let not come before you the prayers of the wayfarers. 
So what is this talking about? So the Rambam understands that there are really four portions to this. And uh, in the Parish Mishnayas, he explains the four portions, and you see it's in, in a specific order. The first thing is um, we want the weather to be good. And that's important, not for economic reasons, really, necessarily, but also for just well-being reasons, that people who are, you know, if it's very hot or very cold, people will be sick or unable to work, and so on and so forth, they won't recover. And therefore, the first thing is that she'im shanazu shachuna te geshuma, let it be a mild year, not too hot and not too cold, as the Roman understands it, so people can be um, healthy and maintain their well-being. Second of all, v'lo avid shultan Yehuda. This is, we don't want the autonomy of Israel to be lost, and that Judah, meaning the descendants of David, really, um, should lose authority over the Jewish people. The concern here is that we want Jewish society to be governed um, with justice, just justice. So we're concerned about like a a government which ensures rightful and just policies, and therefore that's the second important thing, and that's what we're praying for. And then third, then the third is It shouldn't be necessary for Jews to essentially support one another. We're talking now like charitably meaning that people are wanting and therefore need the support of others. No, we'd much prefer that everyone could be um, self-sufficient and not rely on the support of his of his fellow Jew. That's certainly the ideal. And that's what we're praying for here. So that this is like, you know, I'll call it material well-being. And finally, um, that the prayer of the wayfarer shouldn't come before you. That's a reference to those who are traveling home after really truly, now people who are there for Yom Kippur time already, and more people pile in um, for Sukkot. So when they leave Yerushalayim to go back home after Sukkot, so they're all going to pray, oh, I don't want to be walking in the rain. Remember, they're walking by foot back home after doing the regal, and please, Hashem, don't let it rain until we get home. And the Kohen Gadol saying, no, 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 let it rain. After, as soon as Sukkot is over, everyone's out of the Sukkot, it's time to rain because the Jews need rain. Therefore, don't listen to those wayfarers who don't have the national interest in mind when they say, let the rain be delayed.